everyone that's coming up live to our Dil Hijjah special program when we do a small virtual tour of Mecca and Medina, the blessed city of the Prophet. We've titled it Virtual Hajj uh, because of the situation around the world. Bajan, I think you should refresh your screen or change your Wi Fi because it's a little it's laggy a bit. Now I'll introduce everybody, inshallah. Okay, you go ahead, you go ahead, take over. Bismillah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. While Sheikh Abdullah um, gets off the screen and refreshes his Wi Fi, alhamdulillah, I'm always wired, hardwired in with uh, in, in, in the Miftah campus. So, alhamdulillah, hopefully, we will not have issues. Hopefully, inshallah. Hope everyone's doing well and you're enjoying this series that we are presenting to you, um, which is we, which we have titled The Virtual Journey of Hajj. Of course, nothing can come close to, no pictures can um, give us the true meaning of Masjid Nabawi or Makkah al-Makarramah. No experiences that we speak about can do that for us. Um, but we are trying our best to present to you in a way where uh, it's evident in front of us. Sheikh Abdullah, you're back. I'm right here, brother. Alhamdulillah. Don't go too. I'm gonna miss you if you too, if you leave for too long. Don't start. Huh? Yeah, go ahead, move this up. So we're just telling them about you know what our what our efforts are to just try to you know walk us through it. And then hopefully this effort is going to be ageless, right? So every time you go for Hajj and Umrah, just go back and watch these uh, videos. Uh, day one, day two, day three. Um, I have people texting us and saying, oh, Alhamdulillah, the plane has landed or we have arrived in Medina. What's next? You know, so Alhamdulillah, it's, as, it's for us. It is also, uh, you know, really it's difficult. Sheikh Masmani spoke to us after the program. And it's so difficult and challenging for him. Seven, eight years straight going for Hajj. Um, Sheikh Abdullah has been going every single year. And now we're sitting on a, in front of a screen just speaking about our experiences and speaking about what we will be doing today if we were in Madin Zulmanawara. So we appreciate all of you. Uh, following along on this journey and hopefully you're, you are enjoying um, this as well and you share with your family and friends um, and uh, and the Mufti, Mufti Asim series that comes out every single day today was day three of the history of the Kaaba so definitely watch these are things that we need to know more about we need to you know grasp it um, immerse ourselves with this knowledge so that once we go there you know we're not lost like what is this and you know we're trying to figure out things Rather, we 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 feel we are just seeing what we are what we prepared for, what we learned about, right? It's a different feeling when that's when you do that. So, inshallah, these programs will be ageless, and they will forever, inshallah, transcend. Whenever we go there, we will look look back on these videos, and we can always remind ourselves. At the same time, for the people who are here right now, this is an experience that we can just you know in our in our rooms in our homes with our families just go over some of the experiences that people have gone through. Sometimes, you know, one of my aunties. Uh, Usman's Usman Rahman's mother, she went Hajj once in her life with her husband, and her husband passed away. Um, after that, she Muslim. always thinks, Rahman Sahib, you know, what a great person he was. So she always talks about Hajj. You know, she went once and she remembers every single thing. Like she always talks, she's so she's like a baby when she speaks about Hajj. And when she's in Makkah and Medina, there's people that go there once and that's it. That's they come back with those experiences, and hopefully these videos can remind you about these those moments and those experiences, and maybe encourage us, inshallah, to go over and over again back to uh, visit the Prophet and go to Makkah and Makarama. Uh, but then people are 
uh, hopefully you're fine and you're gonna make sure those glasses are fine because some of the some of the viewers are saying you look very good with those glasses on. So keep the, you got your little chai cup now too. Yeah, you know, uh, Ami brought the tea down, so I got up. I didn't you know. That's good. Well, you were fasting today, so you, you get some get some nutrition in your get some energy going because you energy energy. You, you can see in my eyes. I'm wearing my glasses. I'm black. I'm losing some energy right now. Come on, bro. Come on. <laughs> So, Bajan, where are we now? Let's go. So, this who we have to figure out who this Bishan fan is. Is he trying to say Bajan fan because he spelt it wrong, or is he is it because he's definitely saying your name Bajan with glasses? It's like, let me let me spell Bajan for you properly, okay? All right, so Bajan, let me spell that for you. So, this guy, I love this guy, he loves you so much, man. He loves you more than I love you. I mean, he's named himself Bajan fan, so yeah, he's a fan of the word Bajan. Or he's he's my fan, but either way, you know, as long as as long as you're feeling cool and the wind is blowing your way, all fans work. Sheikh Imran's on. Sheikh Imran's as well. Then uh, we have Abdurrahman, one of our students, is on. Alhamdulillah, we have Sister Humaira, Brother Haider, Sister Magda. Mashallah, Jazakallah Khair for joining us, and hopefully we will uh, try to take you through the. It, basically, today's day three, but it's day two in Medina to Munawwara because we had yeah, one day before. Day so yeah. basically, we just arrived in Medina. And uh, you know, it, we have to. We just arrived in Medina, and now we're going to go to the Prophet's grave. Yes. Now, anyone that's been there knows if that's your first time. Mm -hmm. First time, and I did this before. I asked everyone to write down what year they went to Hajj. Let's ask the crowd what is the first time they was they went to visit the Prophet's grave, and if you can also tell us your experience in the sense, type it. What were you going through when you were, you know, leaving your hotel room for the first time, going to the Prophet's masjid, and you've heard about this, you've seen the Prophet's gates of his grave for so many years on pictures, on TV. Now all of a sudden you're going to be in front of the Prophet's grave, and uh, you're going to say salam to Abu Bakr and Umar, عنهم, the two greatest humans after the Prophet to walk on this earth. So much reverence for them, buried next to the Prophet. So we learned the virtues of Medina and we're going to learn about the virtue of the masjid of the Prophet Sallallahu and how to, you know, what should be your emotions, your body language when you come to the Prophet Sallallahu grave. And, you know, we have people in the world today sitting thousands of miles away and when they hear, when they hear the name Rasulullah, Muhammad Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam we, I can see, I honestly, they cry. You know, when we hear the name of the Prophet ﷺ, we are told by Allah, إِنَّ اللَّهَ وَمَلَائِكَتَهُ يُصَلُّونَ عَلَى النَّبِيِّ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ أَمْنُوا صَلُّوا عَلَيْهُ وَسَلِّمُوا تَسْلِيمًا That Allah and His angels, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His malaika angels send salutations on the Prophet ﷺ. Allah is ordering us to send his our salutations to the Prophet ﷺ. Now imagine in person. So when you say Allahumma salli ala Muhammad from distance away, and then in return, you are getting Allah's angels sending man salla alayya marratan sallallahu alayhi ashra marrat. Anyone that does this, that sends salawat, salawat on Nabi sallallahu once Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's angels send back 10 greetings to them. So imagine the Prophet sallallahu alayhi said, anyone that says Allahumma salli ala Muhammad, the angels bring their greetings to me. But when someone comes to my grave, I reply back to their greetings. Oh. So we're going there. And now look who's here. We have uh, Sheikh Muhammad Al-Masmari 
Habibullah. Switch spots. Right. You know, welcome, welcome. And I want to welcome you and the entire Unity Center community who is watching, all the great brothers and sisters from Bloomfield Hills community, the Unity Center, Muslim Unity Center, where Imam Masmadi is the Imam. The, the, it's such a blessing to have you in Michigan. And what a great blessing that community has to have you uh, help them, lead them, guide their youth, and also um, navigate them in this complex situation and times. So, Sheikh Masmadi, I want to welcome you and your community. I know they're tuning in. Also, my community, Flint Islamic Center, Mufti Abdul Rahman's community, the entire world, everyone. <laughs> you know, so. But just want to let everyone know who was not there for Ramadan program. I'm sure all of you that are, are here know Sheikh Abdullah already. That have been watching him in the daily reflections in Ramadan. They don't know my name. They know me as Bajan. Bajan. So you've been watching Bajan, um, and then uh, we had. Uh, we had the top 10 series and we're doing this weekly Wednesday behind the scenes. Sheikh Abdullah has this miraculous way of discussing important things with a humorous uh, uh, manner, right? So don't, uh, don't. Uh, the thing is, that's how he is. So some people, I, and I, I'm, I don't want to apologize, but I just want to let everyone know as a disclaimer, that's what makes you amazing, mashallah, Bajan. That's, um, that's what everyone, that's everyone, that's what everyone loves about you. But there's people yeah, definitely, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. brilliant... It's a very heavy topic, definitely. It's Madinat Munawwara. It's not like we're, when when we're there, we're joking or smiling. You know, we're we're with we we have to have so much adab, and we you are a different person when you're there, definitely, right? Emotional, but, emotional. <laughs> but over here, right now, you know, we just we are having a conversation with the three of us, and you know, the world is watching the three of us having a conversation, and this is how we converse with each other, and we try to keep our keep smiles, and you know, the making sure bringing joy to a Muslim brother or sister is also a sadqa. So you're always doing that. So you know, may Allah bless you. So you keep doing what you're doing. And so as far as everyone who's watching, you know, hopefully that ones that don't know um, his his past experience, you know, with him is in his humor and his tantalizing words and his the source that he always has next to him and his you know the way he does is the way he goes about. So just that's how he is. And Sheikh Sheikh Masmani knows Sheikh Abdullah all his life, and that's how he is. So Jazakallah Khair. Be do this is what keeps everyone coming. But just without you, this would be uh, this would be boring for everyone. This would make you make it different for everyone. So Jazakallah Khair for your. Don't do that, man. Don't do that, man. If you if you if you give this type of speech at my wedding, man, I'm telling you, my father-in-law is so proud. <laughs> You're making emotional. So so that's that's who he is. Just want to give you this is a very serious topic, very emotional and heavy topic, right? So here we are, uh, Sheikh Masmani. We haven't started yet. We're gonna start now. Here we are getting our bags together, put it away in the hotel room, you know, getting ready. Everyone's texting each other, you know. Um uh, when when you're like, oh, are you guys ready? Let's go. Let's make some groups to go say salam to the Prophet And we're getting, we're come down, waiting in the lobby for everyone to get together. Now this moment, right? Like you, like uh, for example, always the great Awais al-Qarni, rahimahullah, who never got to see the Prophet in his life. And the Prophet had so much love for him. And he told Umar and Ali عنهما, to uh, ask him for dua that he's going to come after me and his duas are accepted and I'm going to wait for him on the day of judgment and he will be he, he Allah will accept his intercession on the behalf of thousands of people like all the accolades for this great man who was writing letters you know who the prophet knew of but sallallahu told him to stay with his mother to serve his mother now imagine the this person throughout the life of the prophet had excitement to see the prophet but could not see the prophet and finally he visits makkah al-mukarramah for hajj 
And there's this long story of him in Makkah al-Mukarramah where Umar al-Khattab and Ali bin Abi Talib go find him to make him make dua for him, right? And then finally he comes to Madinat al-Munawwara. When he arrives in Madinat al-Munawwara and he descends from his animal and he's getting ready to go to Masjid Nabwi and he sees the dome, the, you know, the tomb and the dome of the Prophet from far where he is resting, he faints. He faints, honestly. This, this, and then when he woke up, he's like, just, I can't get up. It's so difficult for me to walk towards. I always wanted to see the Prophet ﷺ alive, and today I'm walking to his grave. Imagine what this. Imagine what uh, Mu'ad bin Jabal was going through when he comes after he left for all these years to Yemen. Both people from Yemen, Sheikh Masmani, and now he's coming back after. And the Prophet ﷺ is telling him that when you come back, you will not visit me, but you will go by my grave, right? And you and imagine the the tears that was in his eyes at that moment when the Prophet told him this. And after all those years, when he comes back. As he's entering into, uh, when he's entering into the um, in Madinatul uh, Munawwara, what his emotions are and how much he's crying when he's saying salam to the Prophet. Mm-hmm. Imagine Bilal, عنه, who the Prophet came when the Prophet comes in his dream and he tells, Oh Bilal, ma had al jafa? What's this disloyalty? You left us and you never came back to us, right? You never came back to us and never said, you never visit us. And Bilal comes back after all these years. And he starts to say adhan. He cannot finish his adhan without crying and crying so much that everyone in the city of Medina starts to cry. So these were these great people when they would come to Madinat al-Munawwara. That's what. That's how they would be feeling with so much adab. You know, agya had to agya make aha aista chal. It's like he says, you know, I, you know, do you know where I've come? Agya had to aha aista chal. You know, well, you know where I have come. I've come um, to a very, very noble. Respectful, dignified place. I better walk quietly and calmly with respect. So, Sheikh Masbari, when you're leaving that hotel room and you're going towards Masjid Nabawi, what are you telling yourself? What are you reminding yourself? And what are you telling those who are around you? You know, Sheikh Abdurrahman, what you said about Uwais al Qarani, what you said about Mu'ad ibn Jabal, what you. Uh, said uh, about Bilal ibn Rabah radiallahu anhu ardah there was one ibadah they were able to perfect which led to that conclusion this is why they had that experience it's impossible for someone just to see a grave and faint the oh. Prophet wasallam was not his father, his mother this is a man that he has never seen and subhanallah the ta'a the respect and the honoring of his mother um, was an obstacle or a barrier between him and the Prophet ﷺ. But it was due to that act of worship that uh, he was granted the acceptance of dua. I feel that what we always tell people is the ibadah of istihbar, of presence. That you have to be emotionally, spiritually present. This is why Ashaj ibn Abdul Qais was praised by the Prophet ﷺ. He came in, his mind was free. Right? He, he tied his camel, he changed his clothes, even though he was late. The idea that some people want to rush to the masjid because they missed the Prophet is not the best thing to do. The Prophet وسلم, before arriving to any location, even when he would arrive to Mecca for Umrah, the first thing he would do is take a shower. And no one can say that he وسلم, did not want to see the Kaaba. If not more than anyone else, but one of the sunan of Umrah or Hajj is that upon your arrival to Mecca, you take a shower. 
So when you arrive to Medina, make sure that you take a shower. Make sure that you beautify yourself. Wallahi, if any of you, regardless of our political differences, was told that you're going to meet someone in Medina, some prince or some responsible person or some alim or some individual that you've admired for so many years and he or she has come to Umrah or for Hajj, you would change your clothes, you would prepare yourself and head straight to that location. Why the Prophet Sallallahu we wear our night clothes or wear anything from the, we just open our suitcases without making wudu and we rush to the masjid. So make sure what allows you to enjoy that moment is to know that you have spiritually, physically, mentally prepared to say that salam to the Prophet Sallallahu that Shaykh Abdullah just mentioned. That he Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam responds. How do we want the Prophet to respond to us and we don't smell good, look good. We're not spiritually enriched. We're not respectful to those who are around us. A lot of people, Sheikh, when I go to Umrah and Hajj, by the time we leave the hotel, they're like, this is so I'm so tired. Look at these people pushing. Just stay quiet. Stay quiet. Just know that you're walking into the presence of the Prophet ﷺ. Once you go in with that mindset, you will truly feel that he وسلم, is saying, wa salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu ya Abdullah, ya Abdurrahman. And he begins to say, Ya Muhammad, he says each and every name, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, but it has to be presented with istihwar. And this is, I guess, the feeling as we go into the masjid. This is what we're feeling walking into those beautiful doors before arriving to that beautiful station, which is Al-Rawda and the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is great. Sheikh Masmari, you know, um, have you ever gone to Medina with some of your teachers and how you... Because, you know, the best way to learn how to visit someone is to go with someone who has gone there. You know, like... Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. a lot of times you can read about, like, how to go to visit the elder or sick person. How do you visit a sick person? Go with someone who has the etiquette and manners to visit someone. Or, uh, you know, um, a lot of times I learned parenting from my parents. I saw them do it. And I learned how to respect my parents because I saw them respect their parents. Uh, you know, so did you ever witness any of your teachers or elders go to the Prophet's grave? What did you see from that? Unfortunately, I have no because my mashayikh are from Yemen and sometimes it's hard for them to go. And you know, our Hajj package, we're always rushing. It's an 11-day package. I don't mean, I have never, I wish that that would be a dream. Yeah. But I've witnessed the love that my teachers had or the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in every, my teacher of Hadith, before teaching Hadith, and before starting Sahih Muslim, he would speak about a Hadith that speaks about the Prophet's Akhlaq. He would connect you to the Prophet and make sure that every Hadith you learn, even if it uh, it's a Hadith that relates to Fiqh, that your love for the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam must increase. So imagine if we went with these people to Medina. It would have been a completely different, different journey. Different journey. You know, it's like Ibn Umar radiallahu anhu says about Ibn Umar, ma dhukira Ibn Umar al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam indahu illa baka. You know, or ma, you know uh, every time Ibn Umar heard about the Prophet someone was talking about the Prophet sallam, or he was talking about the Prophet he always wept. Out of love for him, huh? Out of love for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi You know, there was a sahabi in Shifa. Uh, Qadi Iyas talks about uh, one of the Sahabi, his name is Khalid bin Sa'id or something. He, he had so many injuries on his body. I love this story. He had so many wounds on his body. He had probably dislocated. Mufti, Mufti Sahib has a messed up knee. You know, 
And when you move your knee in your sleep and you move your knee when you're walking, go, ah, you make those noises. So he would make these noises in his bed whenever he would move from side to side. And he was man, he was a warrior, you know. He, he's, he was on the back of many horses, you know, did a lot of service. And when he would go to bed, he would move from one side to another side. And uh, his, he would say, Ya Muhammad, Ya Muhammad, Wa Muhammad. And his wife would say, what are you doing? So whenever I mention Muhammad Sallallahu name, my pain goes away at night. Oh. Better than an aspirin, a Motrin, any form of tranquilizer. That word Muhammad, ya Allah. it literally made him forget all his pain. This is why I say to everyone, every time you go through pain, say Allahumma salli ala Muhammad. Think about the Prophet Sallallahu He would say, wa Muhammad, wa Muhammad. And this was a very common thing. You know, Aisha says that I used to see the Prophet in my dream every other night. And it was too much for me. And I prayed to Allah, I said, I want to see him every night. She started seeing the Prophet every single night. Anas, Anas ibn Malik says that I don't remember closing my eyes and snoozing. Like, you know, just you know, like sometimes you're like just taking a little break against the wall of the pillar of the masjid. He said, I don't remember ever it happening where I did not see the Prophet Imagine we're coming to the home, the city, you know, of the Prophet the Ansar of Medina. When I go to the city of Medina, I think about the Ansar. I think about those who helped him establish there. I think about the feeling of the Sahaba burying the Prophet there, what they went through. And then coming there. So why don't you guys tell me some of your experiences and what should we be the adab? Sheikh Masmari talked about washing up and what else? Sheikh Masmari, Sheikh Rahman. So that's uh, Sheikh Masmari highlighted perfectly. So you come to the masjid of Rasulullah and you're going to say salam to him, right? Um, and when you're going to say salam to him, there's many stories about saying salam to the Prophet. One of the most important things when you walk into the masjid of Rasulullah, mashallah, it's very beautiful. The carpets are beautiful. Um, you know, the architecture is beautiful. But when you're coming to the masjid of the Prophet you're not looking at that. You're not supposed to be marveling at the carpets and the architecture because these were not there when the Prophet was there, right? There's nothing there. The, the roof would leak when the Prophet would pray Salat and it would rain a little bit, right? So you're supposed to be walking in with you know, humility. It, it, uh, Imam Ghazali talks about this very clearly. He says a person whose heart is filled with love of dunya or is polluted with diseases of the heart this person will not be able to benefit from the mercy of Allah in that gathering. So we're cleaning our heart. You know, we're, we're with so much humility, with so much regret, we're walking into the Masjid of the Prophet. But then you mentioned a story a few weeks ago about when you walked in into Masjid for the first time to say salam, how there was one person who didn't walk in with you. Say the story, and I will say my story that's similar to that. And then Sheikh Masmari, you know, I have walked in with Sheikh Masmari. So people ask me, have ever walked in with the I've walked in with Sheikh Masmari. Ajib. Ajib. It's a beautiful feeling. You know, you know even me, I, I'm all jolly and excited. You know, but when I get like 20, 200 yards from the masjid, I can't hold my tears. You know, and I'm walking on the tiles. I want to walk quick because I want to get there faster. But at the same time, my feet are telling me like, you know, do some istighfar. Ask Allah for repentance. You know, like you're coming to the Prophet and sometimes I look at myself when I go every year, like here I am a year later, O Prophet of Allah, am I a better person? You know, 
Like this is this is me that you prayed for. Am I really I'm living up to your expectation? I really present myself to the Prophet as if he's alive watching me. You know, like I don't think he's like I really believe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving the information to Prophet. Why why are we gonna say salam to someone that can't hear us? He can hear us. Yeah. But if shuhada are alive in the, in, the, in the knowledge where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows in what state they're alive and they can hear you. Similarly, the Prophet This is why that you find on the grave of the Prophet don't raise your voice loud over there. Don't raise your voice loud around the Prophet's grave. Why are we saying this? This ayah was revealed when the Prophet was alive. Yeah. Now it's used even after he's buried in the grave. So, you know, so I'm going to share that story with you, but I'm telling you, Muftad Rahman, I went with, with some of a shuyukh. When a shiuch, one of the shiuch from Medina, Sheikh Uthman, you know, I stood next to him and he was looking down and he just cried. Literally, it was just complete silence and just tears dripping. You know, and I was envious of that, that emotion. I was like, wow, what a lucky person. He can just cry standing there. You know, and he's a person who sees who says salam to the Prophet almost every single day because he lives yeah, in, he lives in he says Imagine when we go for four days, you know, after three, four times, you know, we get used to that feeling. Imagine every single time you go for the last 30, 40 years, that's what your feeling is. Imagine the imagine the love of this man. You know, the Prophet said the closest to me on the day of judgment are those Akhtarukum salata, those who said salam to me the most. That means that he somehow gets to know you when you say Allah Sallallahu Muhammad. When you come over and over, the, the, you build this acquaintance, right? You build this bond. He rec- now there's this relationship, you know? Subhanallah. Anyways, the Prophet was, it's amazing, you know, his life and his. Now let's talk about this one person that came with me. And uh, so you're, wa- you're walking into the masjid. You know, so you're we excited. Darussalam. I think this was my first year with Darussalam. Sheikh Masmari, he, um, he, he's the one that brought me on board to go with Darussalam. He said, Sheikh Abdullah, can you please come? I really wanted to go with him. And but I, I was I made dua and Sheikh Masmari was kind enough to tweet. I said, just take me in your back, Sheikh. Take me in your back, you know. I'll be your assistant. So Sheikh Masmari took me with the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I was accepted to go. It's my first year there. I really don't know how the groups are arranged and hotel rooms are given to guests and stuff like that. So I'm just I'm learning the, the ropes and the, and how it's this how to serve the hujjaj. Anyways, I'm there and uh i'm nervous coming after many years and a lot of people we have like 600 people in darussalam and many in a group that we don't know all of them actually and uh here we are there we're like talking about going to see uh the masjid Nabawi. so everybody was giving the rooms and dinner was served and announcements were made for the schedule for the next day now it's 12 o'clock at night it's midnight we just arrived from the airport like at maghrib time it's midnight now everybody needs to get some rest people are transiting from um, um, Qatar, um, from Turkey, from uh, uh, from um, you can imagine from Abu Dhabi, Dubai. Everyone is just transiting from all across the world, London. So everyone's exhausted. This is not like you know, uh, easy time. So I'm tired, but I'm, I'm really energized and excited to go to them. I'm not going to sleep till I go to the Prophet and say Assalamu Alaikum. So I was trying to hide, and everybody was scheduled to go to sleep. The morning would be the first time we would go at the Hajjud or Fajr, and we would introduce everybody to the area. And it's not our ijab of the imams or the group leaders to take them to the Prophet Just, you know, like, if they have any questions, we can help them. Anyways, um, I was sitting there and we got done. I wanted to go. Some one person asked me, Shaykh Saab, uh, you know, in Urdu, he's like, are you going to go to the masjid? I've never been there. I said, yeah, I'm going. Someone else came back. He's like, you know, are you going to the Prophet's masjid, Shaykh? I said, yeah. I wasn't going to lie. And then like 10 people with their wives 
they were like, you know, you're going and half majority of the people have never been to the Prophet's Masjid. They have they can't, they're just so excited. So I was like, listen, I'm ready to go, but I'm going right now. So I'm ready dressed up. If you guys are dressed up, you guys can go. So, anyways, I was washed up, dressed up, ready to go. We go. So we're all walking, and the people are so kind. They're like, Sheikh, can you give us some historical facts and some stories of the Prophet that can we can remind ourselves? I was telling some stories of the Prophet's sacrifice, love for us. And as we get closer, we, pick, we take off our slippers and uh, we're walking in. And this tall guy from San Francisco, I, I think he's an IT guy, works in Silicon Valley. And uh, he stops. Muftisab, no beard, no hat. He's wearing a thaw, but you know, he's he just, just very simple Muslim. You know, from far away, you would tell maybe, you know, he just doesn't know too much about Arabic and the Prophet's Masjid. You know, you could be judging him. And he stops. And I said, let's go, let's go inside. He was he was the, the perfect brown man and a uh, brown person, Desi guy, but American. He was a white Desi, you know, the brown, brown white guy, you know. And, and I said, let's go inside. And he said, he stopped. He didn't say a word. I said, let's go. We've walked all the way here. You've come all the way from San Francisco. Let's go inside. And he's like, I, I'm not going. He's just crying. He's sat there. I said, let's go. Everyone's going. And he said, uh, Sheikh Saab, he said, Sheikh, I don't think I'm ready to go. And he started crying. He said, you go. I said, do you know how to get back? He said, yeah, I know how to get back. You know, from San Francisco, smart guy. I said, um, okay, we're not going to wait. You've got a whole group here. So we went in. The next day I met him. He, said, he was waiting there for hours. He couldn't walk in. He was, I said, why couldn't you walk in? He said, I'm just embarrassed. I, I'm, I cannot believe I'm going to walk into the Prophet. This is my life. And he was crying. He was crying. He was crying. And that's what I learned in Hajj Muftisab. And like you said yesterday, never judge anybody. Some sisters not wearing hijab, some brothers not dressed most in the most you know Islamic manner. We don't judge anybody. They're so pious at heart. Yeah. And they're that that's enough. This person's crying was enough for this guy's jannah, inshallah. Because and how much it motivated us? It motivated me. I was so touched by him. And I was like, man, that was like, imagine you're coming after so long to Hajj. This was like a punch in the chest from like, wake up. There are people here who love the Prophet more than you. I was like, man, that was heavy. So Sheikh Masmani did. So you you do you go with your groups? Or you go individually to say salam. And how often do you say salam when you're in Madinah Munawwara? Um, so I don't take my group with me uh, for the salam. People people need to go. So I try to serve the groups as much as I can. But there are certain times where I tell them we must cater to ourselves, and this is one of them. So when I go for Salam on Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I do not go with our group at all. I go by myself. And I make sure that most of the time, um, my time that I choose, I have a program. So every day after Fajr, I stay till sunrise. Then I go, I pray the Rak'atayn. Then I give Salah to the Prophet, Salam to the Prophet, then Salam to Al-Baqiyah. And then I go back. So I, I try to, I, I do do that once, once a day. Going back to people that are very simple, how they've motivated us subhanallah you know when you go to umrah and hajj you begin to normalize the whole process that giving salam to the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam becomes khalas it's almost like a adah becomes normal Ajib. and i was going to the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam like any typical day so i go to multiple umrah sometimes twice a year sometimes once a year and it's the same routine and subhanAllah, I stopped by this brother. He was speaking Urdu. And he, he was just stuck on the ground and he was crying before going to the grave. 
He's like, Assalamu alaikum, ya Rasulullah. I was like, Subhanallah, this person you can easily tell that he's struggling saying Assalamu alaikum. Oh. And he and I was like, how can someone have that much connection to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam? And you can tell he was also like a worker or something like that. He was just passing by. And that moves me. And again, going back to the first thing that we mentioned, istihbar, presence. These people have so much love for the Prophet ﷺ that they came prepared. And it's not like people come in laughing and and, and then they just walk by. Uh, so, and, and I feel many of these minor incidents, these stories that have truly affected us to show us how to deliver salam to the Prophet ﷺ and how to be so respectful, how to look at the grave, how to not look at your phone when giving him salam, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. to not be distracted, to not care about what's around you. And again, there's so many, so many examples that we can go on and on. But this was one incident that I, it's just here and never left you, huh? Never left you. Sheikh Yusuf Banoi, rahmahullah, was a great, great scholar. He would always go from the, the side of the feet, you know, because the way the Prophet is buried and he's resting, he's facing the Qibla. So when you come from the front, let me see if I can share that screen with you uh, right here. This is a great, uh, can you guys see this? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. basically, yeah, so basically when you're walking in, you the first grave that you will see is the grave of the Prophet after the first. So he's basically like, can you see this, right? You guys can, can, you, can see it? Yeah, we can see it. Okay. So the so the so the first grave is, is the Prophet is facing towards the Qibla and and his chest almost this is according to the narration of Nafi' bin Abi Naima, right? So the Prophet is facing the Qibla and a, a line with his chest is Abu Bakr who facing the Qibla and a line with the chest of Abu Bakr who Amin al-Khattab is facing the Qibla. Behind, behind them. Behind each other, right? So this is, you're walking, you're basically walking on the southern wall, right? You're walking from this side right. to this side, right? Yeah. Walking, the other way is Qibla. The other way is Qibla, right? So now, when you when you come to this place right here, Mashayikh and everyone who's watching, you know, I, I have... I have, and let me see if there's, you know, you can see this right here. So this is yeah, yeah. right here, the grave of the Prophet and then you have Abu Bakr and Umar, inshallah. You know, when you're when wow, you're, you know that great that, that the picture, man. La ilaha illallah, Mufti Sab. I want to be there so bad. Yeah. So you're there, right? You're there now, <laughs> um, and it's an interesting. So people people have these feelings, like you know, you're saying salam. Sheikh Yusuf bin Nuri would never come from this side. He would come from the foot, the, the side of the feet, and say salam. Yeah, show us the other screen again, so people can know where the feet are. Uh, he would come. Yeah, he would come from. He would show us with the mouth and their picture. Eastern wall. Eastern wall. He, he would come from the eastern wall and say salam. Yeah, well, that was Aisha's wall. Like, yeah, the Aisha. eastern wall. He's from the eastern wall. He would come from this side, and he would say salam. Never from the front side over here, because he would always be afraid to do mawajaha face to face yeah. with the prophet. So usually, the sisters, the sisters come from the eastern wall. When the when sisters are given access, majority of the time is from the eastern wall, and that's actually the better place to come for to come for the prophet. So explain oh. the mawajaha part, please. Sorry. So so or the western wall they come from. So the, he would never come from the front muwajahatan. He would not say salam to and he was embarrassed to show his face to the Prophet, right? And what's an interesting thing about that is uh, when we go there, I remember when I went there with a bunch of youngsters when I went for Hajj for the first time, the same thing happened to me. These people could not walk in. There was one person who came in to say salam with me. Wallahi bajan. He said salam. He walked out. He was crying so much. He says, Sheikh, I will never do any business with interest in my life again. Wow. 
Wow. Just seeing, like he changed his life right there. Because the thought that came to his mind, that imagine if the Prophet was alive today and I was doing business with interest and I had credit cards and I was doing this haram and the Prophet was, how embarrassed I would be to see the Prophet ﷺ, to face the Prophet ﷺ. I mean, this, this, the, the sense of embarrassment and regret that I'm facing him with this. So this is a powerful, powerful emotion. And I will, you know, hopefully we'll conclude with some of these uh, moments, right? That when you go there, like Sheikh Masmari said, be prepared ahead of time. Because now you're, imagine how the Sahaba would prepare themselves before they would go to see the Prophet ﷺ, right? Like how you prepare yourself to, uh, you know, when Allah in the Quran, He mentions this as well, right? That when you're coming to 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 pray salah in front of me, right? Adorn yourself. You're not, you're not, when you go for an MCAT, uh, in, uh, MCAT and you're going for a residency interview, you're going for a job interview, you're looking all good, you, pr- you build your resume up. What resume have we built up for the Prophet that we're going to present to him? Sheikh, yeah, so Sheikh Sayyid Ahmad Khan rahimahullah, would just stand there and literally, t- you know, just cry and basically give the report of his day, you know, of what was going on today. So Alam Iqbal, one of his landmark poems that he speaks about is this this feeling of this, right? He speaks about this in his poem that people have said this is his best poem that he's ever... I mean, you cannot say one is better than the other. But he captures these feelings in this Farsi poem. He says, Tu ghani azhardu alam man faqir, roze mahshar uzr hai man pazir, gar tumi bini hisabam naguzir, az nigahe mustafa bin hapagir. He says, oh Allah, you are ghani and I'm faqir. You're independent and I'm extremely dependent. On the day of judgment, let me go through and don't stop me for any accountability. Don't stop me. Don't Because if you stop me and start taking my account, I will be destroyed. Don't do that. Then he says, He says, Oh Allah, if you do decide to do, to do my hisab and to take my account and to ask me the questions about my life, I have one request. Do not do it anywhere near the Prophet so I'm good from a far distance so he doesn't see me because if he was to see me I don't want to embarrass him I don't want to break his heart this I'm the ummati of the Prophet and the Prophet will look at me how would he look at me how would I face him I don't want him to see me do it in some corner and in oh. some other work he says also give me a chance before punishing me to get a glance of the Prophet right that will be enough for me. So this, these are the emotions that we should go with when we see the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, right? Imagine if he was alive today and if we said salam to him, what would he, how, how would he receive us? You know, one sister yesterday said that, beautiful, she said, I felt like the Prophet was hugging me. Wow. Ajeeb, right? Wow. She, she, she said that yesterday, I felt like, and that's so true. Like, you know, when you see the Prophet on the day of judgment, you know, Ana faratukum al The Prophet Sallallahu says, I'm oh. waiting for you. Yeah, I'm waiting for you. I'm 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 prepared. You know the person who's prepared the hospitality, the water, the the grill, everything is ready. And you just come there, and he's he's going to be your host. The Prophet saying, "Sallallahu alaihi wasallam, I'm your host. I'm waiting for you." But not everyone will be able to be, you know, to to be uh, blessed and to take part in the hospitality of the Prophet if we don't prepare for it. So this is what Sheikh Masmani said. And initially, we should prepare for it before we get there. So when we get there, we have the istihbar. We know where we're standing and how we're standing so that we can truly benefit. People have said salam and have changed their entire lives. Yep. People have made that made that walk from one door to the other door, and they've when they walk when they exited from that door, they have become completely different, transformed. 
And there are many of us who've gone from one door to the other or said salam many times, but it never moved us in the same way. So that's why, I mean, my experience with this is the same thing. Like I've seen my father, I've seen great scholars who just go there and say salam. We're not, we're not making, and we're asking the Prophet, you know, to be our, uh, to be our shafi on the day of judgment. And the other thing that I want to say, conclude by saying this: sometimes we forget one thing, is the presence of Abu Bakr and Umar over there. Wow, you know what I'm saying? Like this is where they're resting. If it wasn't for them, Deen would not reach us. If it wasn't for them, I mean, these were the people who gave comfort to the Prophet these are the ones that used to give, uh, put a smile on the face of the Prophet. You know, when Umm al Khattab accepted Islam, but you know about Sirah, when he accepted Islam after six years, when the Prophet, when he walked into the house of Dar al Arqam, and everyone got up to, you know, to, to Hamza got up, the one who got up to face him, and he said, Leave him alone, let him come. And he walks into the house. People thought he came to, he had his, you know, his sword without a sheath. He came in. People thought he came to fight. But the Prophet had a feeling because he made dua for him the day before that he has come to accept Islam. And imagine the Prophet is making dua for this man to accept Islam. When he walks in, the Prophet grabs him by like this. He grabs him like this, right? And he says, like, imagine the, the emotions in these statements of the Prophet. Ta'akharta ya ibn al-Khattab. Ta'akharta ya Limada ta'akharta ya ibn al-Khattab. What took you so long? We needed you. We needed you. Wow. We needed you for all these years, all these years, Bilal and Khabab and Khubayb and Sumayya and Ammar and Yasir, all these people going through all these difficulties. We need, and you know, the love the Prophet had for this man. And this man is resting next to the Prophet. So all we can just say, you know how we say salute somebody? That's a way of saluting them. Assalamu alaikum, ya Amir al-Mu'mineen. We're just saluting your sacrifice, my man. You did everything for the Prophet. You know, we're going there like as if these are, when we on the Day of Judgment, we're going to be spending time with them as if they're our friends. You know, hopefully they will embrace us and they will respect us because we held our, you know, we held our own ground. So when I'm there, I'm actually, when I leave the Prophet's grave and I go to the next graves, I have the awe and respect and I want just standing there saluting these two people. It's a, it's not a really amazing word to say, but that's my expression. It's just, just marveling at their sacrifice, remembering their sacrifices, remembering their stories. That makes you love that moment even more. So to know that before you go there is an important way, to, way of you know uh, uh, enjoying that moment and taking in that moment. Sheikh Masmali, tell us your feeling when you're there on Abu Bakr Umar. So, by the way, if 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 bragging is permissible, I think this in this time one of them would be, I think in this time would be okay. And as Abu Dujana radiAllahu anhu did, the Prophet allowed him to brag at that given moment when Sheikh Abdul Rahman spoke about the how. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam says, "Inni labi'uqri." This is in Muslim. Inni labi'uqri hawdi adud al-nasa li ahli al-Yaman. Allah. So the Prophet, <laughs> he sallallahu. I I know this is time to brag. Forgive me about that. Sallallahu alaihi would be on his how to push people away, to allow the people of Yemen to drink first. If so, the Ansar had a lot to do with all of this. So the, again, it's just when you're talking about the how that came to mind. There's so much with Abu Bakr and Umar, but since we have limited time, just coming into the masjid, know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, salli fi hadihi al-ardi al-mubarak. He sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was told to pray in this blessed land. So Medina is a blessed land. Medina, haram. It's a haram. So make sure in Medina, yes, we are coming from uh, from our countries and repenting to Allah, do not engage in social media. Do not do not engage in talking about people because Medina is haram. 
And also know that for everything you do in Medina, in that blessed masjid, it is multiplied by a thousand. By a thousand. And subhanAllah, there's a difference and a distinction between the prayer in Mecca and the prayer in Medina. The prayer in Mecca, there's a lot of flexibility if you pray anywhere in the haram where the a'mal is muda'afa, the a'mal is multiplied. In Medina, it only happens in the masjid. Salatun fi masjidi hadha. Allah. Hmm. said, a prayer in my masjid. So make sure that you increase your salawat, make, make sure you increase your tasbih in the Prophet's message for that is the place where you receive the multiplied reward. One location I always share, my dear mashayikh, is that when people are visiting the rawdah, which is sunnah, between the Prophet's minbar and his home is a valley of jannah. Some ulama said this, it is a physical piece of Jannah. And some ulama said a person is promised Jannah upon praying or entering that location. There are different interpretations. Wow. wow. But it's a blessed place. So make sure you visit it. But one place that I visit, even though it is not sunnah to visit that place. So people don't have to think that this is a prophetic recommendation or a sunnah that we were given is next to the Prophet's homes. I visited every single year next to the Hujurat. There's an elevated place where he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, would sit down with Ahl al-Sufa. That's where the people of Ahl al-Sufa, there's a golden cage around the rooms. You can see it's an elevated place, maybe a foot higher than the rest of the ground of the masjid. This is where the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, used to sit with Ahl al-Sufa, used to feed them, was so patient with them, would teach them. This is where the Prophet ﷺ would walk into his home and they're all sitting there and he wouldn't feel comfortable to eat at home so he would walk back out. This is where the ahadith, Wallahi ma'indana illa al that we have nothing but water. This is where the Prophet all the ahadith where the Prophet ﷺ would sit with the people of Sufa whom later on became the ulama of the ummah, the leaders, under his leadership and he never gave up. Imagine, wallahi, anyone here or our ulama that found someone knocking on their door every single day, multiple multiple times a day, asking them for food, not giving them family uh, privacy. If the Prophet would speak in his home, he can be heard outside. Allahu Akbar. So there's no privacy. The, the people literally heard when Aisha and the Prophet wasallam got into an argument. When Aisha raised her voice and she, as a wife, she was talking to the Prophet the people outside of the masjid heard it. And Umar radiallahu anhu, when he wanted to talk to the Prophet sallallahu to allow the Prophet to prepare himself and because it's a very small home, it was very, it's a very small room, he would yell from the masjid, Ya Fulan, Ya Ibn Umar, Aina Ant, Oh Ibn Umar, where are you? Just for the Prophet sallallahu to know that Umar is coming closer. <laughs> there was no privacy. This is if they were in the masjid, let alone someone that's right next to your doorstep. And sometimes they would walk in, and that was so tough that Allah had to reveal an ayah. That if you eat and you consume your food, please leave. You know, the Prophet would never just ask you to leave out of modesty and respect. So these are the feelings that, subhanAllah, I always visit that beautiful location. Which, which is where Ahl al-Sufa, alongside, of course, with our beautiful Sahaba, Abu Bakr and Umar, Ridwanullahi alayhim. MashaAllah. You know, on the, on the wall, if you can put the frame back up for a second, there's a poem 
that's written on the wall, on the on the on the on the pillars on the next to the grave of the Prophet. It's a poem that's been written there for hundreds of years. And uh, you can't really read it, but I'm gonna tell you guys the poem. Once a man, a Bedouin, came to the Prophet's grave and he read the ayah, he said, you know, when people do wrong and they do they oppress themselves in their in their miseries and their sins and their fault, and they arrive at the Prophet's gates, and or they arrive when the Prophet was alive, and they come to the Prophet and they ask the Prophet, Oh Ya oh Muhammad, Ya Rasulullah, Ya Nabi Allah, we have done wrong to you. Can you make dua for us? And the Prophet would make dua for them when they were alive. So this person came when he was Many years passed the Prophet demise, and he read this dua, read this ayah. He said, Ya Rasul, I know if you were alive, I would come to you and you would pray for me. And then he started crying. And then he said a poem. You know, um, he said a poem. It's a heavy poem. It's on, on the on the it's those two pillars right there. Um, they're written on on the on the right and left of it, very small, um, and 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 beautiful. And the poet says. يَا خَيْرَ مَنْ دُفِنَتْ بِالْقَاءِ عَظَمُ فَطَابَ مِنْ طِيبِهِنَّ الْقَاءُ وَالْأَكَمُ نَفْسِ الْفِدَاءُ لِقَبْرٍ أَنْتَ سَاكِنُهُ فِيهِ الْعَفَافُ وَفِيهِ الْجُودُ وَالْكَرَمُ He says, oh that one that is resting by him, his, his body being put into the ground, the entire earth has become valuable. The entire earth has, has this special fragrance. This is why Ali radiallahu anhu used to say, Mada ala man shammaturbata ahmed. Mada ala man shammaturbata ahmed. Allah yashumma madas zamani gawaliya. Subbat alayyama saiban law annaha subbat ala alayyami udna layaliya. Ali anhu some amazing poem where he talks about him coming to the Prophet's grave and he says, You know, what, what can I tell you about the fragrance of this grave? I have never smelt anything more beautiful than this grave. So, and the hardships have come to me so bad. I've gone through such hardship that if these hardships were to um, drop on to the day, the day will become dark. You know, I'm going to go back to the poem on the gate in a second, but I'm going to share one more poem if you allow me. I know this is we're doing salam today, so it's a little bit extended. Muftisab, Adilullah Anu used to say, when times of pain, and you know, Sheikh Masmari knows, and Sheikh Abdurrahman, Mufti Abdurrahman knows, one of the toughest times in the history of Islam was the conflict between the Sahaba. Because not because it was the most bloodshed, because seeing conflict in the most righteous is painful. Like they saw the best days. Now we're like it's we're seeing difficult days. Like it just didn't add up. Anyways, he used to come to the Prophet's grave and he used to say, وَيَا سَاكِنَ السَّحْرَى وَيَا سَاكِنَ السَّحْرَى عَلَّمْتَنِي الْبُكَاءِ وَذِكْرُكَ أَنْسَانِي جَمِيعَ الْمَصَائِبِ فَإِنْ كُنْتَ عَنْ قَلْبِ إِنْ كُنْتَ عَنِّي فِي التُّرَابِ مُغِيبًا فَمَا كُنْتَ عَنْ قَلْبِ الْحَزِينِ بِغَائِبِ He says when my heart aches and it shakes and shivers out of pain and there's this extreme love that I have for you I come to your grave. And I come in, a, in, in, in emotions. I'm crying. I'm crying. And I have so many complaints. 
I have so much to talk to you about. Because if you were alive, I'm sure you would give me some answers. I have no one to give me an answer. Or the one that is resting in the grave. You have taught me the etiquettes of crying. How to cry. You have taught me the etiquettes of crying. And every time I mention your name, I forget my worries. If you are not present with me physically, you will always be in my heart. You're always in my heart. Muftisab, I'm telling you that the poem that's on the gates, this, that, and the entire earth has become beautiful. The poet says, May my body be sacrificed for the one that's resting here. Sheikh Masmari, maybe you can do a series and you can tell us all the times the humans came to the Prophet ﷺ and said that we are our lives are sacrificed for you. I just want to hear that. You know, you're like, that's, fida. that's right. It should be called the Fidaka series. You have a son named Fida. Yeah, right? <laughs> you're right. right? You have, he has a son, Sheikh Masmari, a son named Fida. What does Fida mean? Sacrifice. Sacrifice. There are people that would just sit down in the Prophet's gathering and would say, Fidaka Abi wa Ummi. Wow, wow. My parents, who I love the most, are ready. I can sacrifice them for you. And they didn't just speak, but they also walked the talk. They were real. So he says, he's saying, May my life, I'm ready to give everything for you, O Prophet of Allah. You are the epitome, you are the pinnacle of beauty, of generosity and kindness. This is on the Prophet's grave um, pillars there. Then in Qurtubi, under the tafsir of the ayah in Surah Nisa, verse number 64, in Surah Nisa, under verse number 64 in the Qurtubi, there's a little extension to this way. The poet goes, Anta turja shafa'atu. O Prophet of Allah. This is what he said at the Prophet's grave. O Prophet of Allah, you are the one whose intercession, when, it's, when you call for intercession, your intercession is going to be heard and you will be accepted. You know, basically include me. And when you're on the on the when we're on the bridge and we're going over the sirat and the jahannam is burning beneath, you are going to be standing there and saying, Ya Rabbi Sallam, Sallam. Oh Allah, this is my ummah, this sister from Michigan, the sister from America, the sister from Canada, the sister from Europe, the sister from South Africa, the sister from Pakistan, this brother from Australia, this brother from China, this brother from Russia. All these individuals that sent salat on Nabi all these individuals that came and they greeted the Prophet and said, Ya Allah, this is my ummah, this is my follower. Sallam. When, when my feet are going to slip because of sins that I did. And like Mufti Abdurrahman, you said, How can we ever forget the two companions who are resting next to you? May my greetings continue to come to you as long as the pens continue to hit the sheets of paper. As long as ink comes out of the pen, I want to send my greetings to you. And I'm telling you, Sheikh Masmari, I want to tell the audience when they come there, they should come with so much respect. And they should say, Assalamu alaikum, Ya Rasulullah. Assalamu alaikum, Ya Habib Allah. Assalamu alaikum, Ya Shafi'i Allah. Ya Shafi'i Al Ummah. Just to greet the Prophet with respect. And 
Imagine him listening to you. Imagine him greeting you. Imagine him on the day of judgment hugging you. Imagine him on the prophet on the day of judgment, um, you know, embracing you with the water of of kautha, of the water of his pond, and your family. You know, this is this is what we're supposed to do. So, brothers and sisters, we ask Allah subhanahu wa taala to just take us to Medina over and over, and that Allah that takes you to Medina, He is so generous and so kind. He will take you to the garden with the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Like like Sheikh Musmali said, once you enter the rauda. You've entered Jannah. And everyone fights for that spot. But inshallah, like that, we should also hasten to do good deeds. Hasten to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you know, all of us here, let's all say sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. A few times. All of us here, nushid. Nushid kullana. Nahnu nuhibbu Allah wa rasul. We all are watching this and witnessing this and we testify for each other that we love Allah and we love His Prophet and we ask Allah for this love that He grants us its company. Khulu Amin. 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 Inshallah. Sheikh Masmari. Thank you so much. Um, we got a little late today, but there was a lot to say. But tomorrow, one of the one of the uh, commentators were asking other places to visit in Medina. So tomorrow is going to be the ziyarat, different places we go. So don't miss out on that because every single place, every single um, valley, every you know, small, small little landmark in Medina has so much history, so much beauty. So hopefully we'll cover some of those tomorrow, inshallah. So we, we encourage all of you to keep staying along with us in this journey till the end. Inshallah, you will enjoy it. You will benefit from it. And hopefully this will increase our iman and our love for the Prophet and love for Allah and love our, and the love for one another, inshallah. We love you for the I sake want of to Allah. Also make a quick, you know me, you know how I am. You know, it's all about me and, 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 and this stuff right here. I just want to make sure... <laughs> <laughs> for the love of Allah, for the love of the Prophet, in the days of the Hijjah, please become a Miftah sustainer. Um, you can um, easily become a Miftah sustainer if you go to miftahsustainers.org and you can become someone in these days of the Hijjah, donates $100 a month, $50 a month to Miftah Institute. We are providing so much free content out there. And if you do the amount of work that Miftah is doing, you'll be very, very pleased. We're not here to brag about the work, we're not here to tell everything that we're doing. But I'm telling you, it's an institution. Anyone that needs any education, if they can't afford it, welcome to Miftah. It will sponsor you. We'll give you free top-class education. Every Saturday, we do a free seminar. Every Saturday. This Saturday, Miftah is doing a seminar on zakah by, by Joe Bradford. It's one of the experts on zakah. Most of you know him also. So he will be doing a seminar. Every Saturday, we do something for free. We we organize it. And then we have our all of our programs. So please think about becoming someone that donates a little bit in the special days of the Hijjah where the de- where the deeds are multiplied. The best time to do a good deed is in the Hijjah, from the days of the Hijjah. So please, uh, please uh, share this institution's good work, our channel. Please make sure you subscribe and um, you subscribe to our channel and uh, you um, like our pages and you share them, make dua for us. But think about also becoming a sustainer. Something very little but consistent which is what Allah loves the most. The less we do, but consistent, is most beloved to Allah. Thank you, everyone. Please continue to join us every night, 9.30. We'll be back tomorrow. From now, for a good night to everyone. Assalamu alaikum.